Okay, so first of all, again, uh, first of all, shkoyach to the anonymous sponsor, and also it should be Lili Nishmas, Gittel Bas Mordech HaKoyim, and Shem Shem Aliyah. And with that, Shafir Rach and Hatzlachet should come to the Hol Mishpacha, to all Kal Yisrael, shall we see Yeshuas, and Achamas, and Gulas, Bekar of Mamish. Okay, so, the, the, we, we were interrupted a little bit the past couple weeks, uh, you know, say for Yeshua Shir. So, Bez Hashem, we're going to go back to the to the story that we were, we were in the middle of that we're learning about in Sefer Yeshua. So, Bez Hashem, let me just recap a little bit the Maisa that we were learning about and the and the Torah that we that we that we that we learned about this about this episode in Sefer Yeshua a couple weeks ago, and then we'll be Mamshech again. So, the Maisa that we were we were we were learning about was after the conversion of the city of Givon. Instead of giving again a place in Eretz Yisrael, the Goyim over there, and they came to Yeshua Benon. It's all Maisa Hal, but that's not for now. They came in Lamaisa, they were Magyar, they became converts to, uh, to Kla Yisrael. And so, fine, that was, that was the last parak in Sefer Yeshua. Comes this parak, they're up to parak des, and the Maisa goes is that there was now a, 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 um, a gathering, a grouping of different mini city states within Eretz Yisrael. The way Eretz Yisrael was at the time, again, as I mentioned many times, it wasn't one government controlling the whole thing. It was all city-states. And so in Mela, you had now each city was its own little malchus of, 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 of Canaan and so on. And so now you had a gathering, a grouping of the king of Yerushalayim with Hebron, others, five cities altogether, to come and to attack Givon, that they were Megayar, that they uh, partnered with Klai Yisrael. So now you have a group of, 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 of Canaan attacking the Givonim. So the Givon sends a message to Yishu Benun that we need your protection. Uh, we're part of you now, we need your protection. So Yeshua Benun goes with his army to attack these five kings that came to attack Givine. And the Pasuk says a whole, a whole Maisa that they were, not, they were successful, they were able to conquer the, all, all these five, uh, five uh, city states. And, uh, and yeah, let's, yeah, after. So these five city states were conquered by Yeshua Benun. And Samanela, and the Pasuk then goes on to say unbelievable miracles that took place at that time. Two things that took place in the conquest of these five city states. Number one was Barad. Barad came back. Barad that Moshe Rabbeinu brought by the Makis. So the Chazal say that the Barad, when Moshe Rabbeinu, when Pari says, ask Moshe Rabbeinu to Davin that the Barad should stop, so the Barad immediately stopped. And even the Barad that was descending from heaven didn't hit the ground yet, but it was like stuck somewhere in Shemayim. So that Barad, Yishobanun, was Mamshech to bring the Barad all the way down to planet Earth Mamish to defeat these five kings. So that already is an interesting thing that the mice of Barad that started with Maish Rabbeinu was continuing with Yishobanun to conquer these five kings. That was the first miracle. And the second miracle that took place was that as, the, as Yishobanun is, 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 is uh, you know, fighting and attacking these five, uh, five armies, so the sun is going down, it's becoming dark, and once it's dark, it's hard, you can't continue. So Yeshubanun stood up and he said, Shemesh begivain daim, that the sun should stand still, the moon should stand still, it should stop, and the sun should stop setting. And, and a number of hours were added to that day, and they were able to continue fighting the battle and defeating the enemy. Those are the two miracles that, uh, that, we, that, that happened, the Barad and Shemesh begivain daim. Now what we saw last time, again, without the night, uh, you could look back, I guess, to the Marmachimists and see it yourself, but we saw that according to Chazal, these two miracles that took place were not considered just independent, isolated things. It happened to, to, to come together at the same Muhammad. Somehow Chazal underst- understood that these two miracles were related to each other. The, the, the Barad that Moshe Rabbeinu begins, that Yeshua Benun brings all the way down, 
that somehow was connected with the miracle of, of Yeshua Benon saying to the sun and the moon to stop. Somehow, they, they, these are not two great miracles, but they come together to be one awesome miracle. It's considered to be one Indian. So that was, that was one horror that we said, what is, what's exactly the connection between these two miracles? If I remember correctly, another horror we made was is that the language the Pasuk uses to describe the Barad is different by Moshe than it is by Yeshua, even though it was the same Barad. By Moshe, it's called Barad, hail. And by Yeshua Benun, it's called Avanim, it's called stones. Okay, so, so again, it's referring to the same ice fire thing, but uh, using different language, so why is that? And um, another question I think we asked also is that what does this have to do with, da- why Dafka this war, which was motivated, this whole Mucham was motivated because we were protecting Geirim, right? We were protecting these, these, the and the converts that, that converted to us. That's what this whole thing started from. And so Dafka, these, every, every, every Muhammad that we had is like, is like unique and special. So there's something about this Muhammad which was itself motivated by protecting the Gevoinim, that, that, uh, you know, that somehow these miracles came into place for that. So what's the connection over there? So that was, that was the background. Okay, so what did we speak about to introduce the subject? So to introduce the topic, we were focused on this Indian of Barad that started with Moshe and Yeshubin and continues it. So, what's, so in other words, th- th- this, this miracle of Barad is already telling us a strong bond between Moshe and Yeshubin. And that's what we began to speak about a couple of weeks ago, about how Moshe and Yeshua are, even though they're separate people, one's a Rebbe, one's a Talmud, obviously, the different experiences, different, uh, different kingdoms, different Malchias, but in Pnimis, in truth, it's considered to be one Malchus, one Hemshech. Maisha is the beginning, and Yeshua just continues. What Maisha Rabbeinu brings all the way down, uh, somewhat down, Yeshua Benon brings it all the way down. So give a little, now, we, that's what we began to speak about last time, to give a little bit more context, so let's, let's see some of the Marmon comings together, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back into it just from a different angle. So Marmon number one, so the, the, the first few Marmon that you have are psukim, simple psukim that we have at the end of, of Chumash. So the end of Chumash in Parshas Ve'elech, so this is where the Rabbani Shalom says to Maisha Rabbeinu, like, you know, the parting message that uh, he should say to the Jewish people. So you take a look. So we're going to just read through the Pesukim, and then we'll see some, some Rashis, and, 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 and you'll, you'll see why I'm, why I'm bringing this. So Maramokin number one. Again, this is in Parashas Ve'elech, Perak Lamed Aleph, Pasuk Yudalev. Hashem says to Moshe, Hein kavri yamech lamos, it's, behold, it's coming the days, it's coming close to your end. So Karas Yeshua, so what you should do is the following thing. Call Yeshua Benun, and you and Yeshua Benun will stand by the oil maid, the and I will command him. That's what Hashem says. You bring Yeshua Benun to the oil maid, and I will command him. Okay, we have to know what that means. Uh, him is Yeshua. I will command Yeshua. So that's what, that's what Hashem says. V'yelech Moshe and Yeshua, so fine. So Moshe and Yeshua, they listen to the mitzvah. Moshe and Yeshua go, and they stand by the oil might. Okay. So now they're by the oil might, and Hashem says he's going to command Yeshua. So what, what is, what, we'll see what that means. Maramaka number two. Pasuk picks up a little bit, a few Pesukim later, that Hashem then says, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, that you should know, you know, the end of, uh, as generations move on, Klai Yisrael are going to fall into some difficult times, and Golis is going to get dark. So now the Pasuk says, Va'ata. And now, Kisvu Lechem Es Hashira you in plural, you, sounds like Moshe and Yeshua, both of you should write this song. The song that's referring to is Parshas Hazinu, the song of Hazinu. 
And on a, on a larger, more general scale, we know that the Shira Zayis is also referring to the Torah itself. So Hashem says to Moshe and Yeshua, you should write, both of you, write this song. I'll teach it to the Jewish people, sing the and place it in their mouths. And somehow this song of Hazinu, which we're not going to focus on today, why Hazinu is so significant, but somehow this Indian of writing of, of, of writing and Bimagala teaching Parshish Hazinu is going to be an aid for the Jewish people. It's going to be a testimony. That you'll make it to the end. Gauls will be dark, but Lamaisa, you're going to make it to the end. So Moshe listens, Moshe writes the Shira, he writes the song. And he teaches to the Jewish people. Fine. And then the Pasuk then goes back to what was mentioned with Yeshua. And Yeshua Benon was commanded, he commanded Yeshua Benon, and he says, you should be strong and courageous. You're going to be the one bringing Kali Yisrael into land. That I commanded to them, that I swore to them. And I will be with you. So this is the, the, the context of what's going on over here. Hashem says to Moshe, you and Yeshua come to the Ayomayit, I will command him. And then a, a directive is given to both of them to write to write this song of Hazinu, which will be a testimony that you'll make it to the end. Kali Yisrael will make it to him. Mashiach will come eventually. And then the Rabbani Shalom commands Yeshua that to be strong and courageous, you know, you'll be Matzliach. Okay. <clears throat> now, the Pasuk then, can, we have, again, we, we have to, we'll explain what's going on over here. Marmaka number three, just to get the Pesukim down. After this, so after this, again, commanding Moshe and Yeshua, and they write Parshish Azinu, and Yeshua Benun is given Chizik, that he's going to take us into Eretz Yisrael, B'chulul. So Marmaka number three, the Pasuk picks up a little bit later, Pasuk Chavches. Moshe then, after him and Yeshua wrote down Parashat Hazinu, now it's time to tell the Jewish people this. Until now, it's been, it's been just a conversation between Hashem and Moshe and Yeshua. Now it's time for them to spread the message. So Moshe says to the Zikainim, to the elders, Gather to me all the elders of Kala Yisrael. And I will tell them all these words that me and Yeshua just, just heard. And Moshe says, and these words are important to be said, because I know that after my death, things are going to go off. So I need to be mechazik right now, because I know once, once I pass away, things, uh, things will go off. Okay. Then the Pasuk says, after all the Zakanim are gathered to Moshe and Yeshua, it's a mistake again, Moshe says over the song of Hazinu, that the Rabbanu commanded them to tell over, so Moshe says to the Jewish people, him and Yeshua Benun do this. Okay, so in other words, the, the picture that we're seeing at the end of Chomish is that Moshe Rabbeinu is now given this last charge, this last mitzvah of telling over Parshas Hazinu to the Jewish people. Parshas Hazinu somehow contains within it a chizik and a promise and a testimony that we're going to make it to the end. But somehow in this inyan of giving over Shira Hazinu and the chizik that comes from Shira Hazinu, it's not just Moshe giving it over, it's Moshe and Yeshua. They're partnering together in this process. And there's this inyan, somehow this mysterious thing going on at the same time of Yeshua Benun of being commanded, of being told something. There's some combo that's being made between Moshe and Yeshua. So what's going on over here? And what does this have to do with Parshat Hazinu, Befrat? 
Okay, so take a look at Marmokim number five. This is the Ramban. The Ramban gives a little bit of a of a, of a way of of a, of a, of a way of of approaching this this sugya. So the Ramban it, Ramban is going back to the first Marmokim where the pasuk first introduced this whole story that Hashem says to Moshe, "You're going to die soon. Bring Yeshua to the oil Maid, and I will command him." So what does it mean to command? What does it mean to command him what? So it says the Ramban, "Ba'atzavenu." What does it mean to command? Yitachin says the Ramban. It would seem that the meaning of this, of this word that I will command him doesn't mean I'm commanding him a specific thing it means I'm going to com- appoint him as a leader and, and, and give him that position of authority over the Jewish people and so it says the Ramban the Ramban is now telling us over here, is that the end of Moshe's life even before he passes away the end of Moshe's life, Yeshua ben Nun was appointed as a melech already within the malchus, within the, the, time, the lifetime of Moshe Rebbein. And that's what it means when Hashem says to Moshe, you're going to die soon, bring Yeshua to the and I will command him, command him, I will appoint him as a, as a melech while you're still here. Marmok in the Rasik. Huh? Ah, 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 so very good. We're going to see soon. Maramaka number six. The Pasuk then says, right? That Hashem says to Maisha and Yeshua when they're by the oil might, write, you both, plural, you both should write this Shira Sazinu. Says the Ramban, along the same lines, continuing with this, with this, with this Pshat, Al-Darach Pshat, on a simple level, L'Maisha V'Yeshua, Shnei Mitzah V'Sheikh Teven. It says in Pasuk, V'Ata Kisvu Lashen Rabim. It means that Maisha and Yeshua together had this command of writing Shir Sazinu and giving it over. Ki Ratzalazis Yeshua Neviyai B'chayim Maisha. Because this is what the Rabbanu Shal wanted, that Yeshua should not just officially be a king, b'chayim, should function as Mamash a leader. He should function as a, as a Novi, as a, as a leader of the Jewish people in the lifetime of Maishar Rabbeinu. So even though it wasn't just a title, sound like on his desk, a little uh, thing that says Yeshua Benun, you know, Melech, whatever, it was like Mamash functional, that you, you Mamash, uh, with Maishar Rabbeinu, you're giving over this last chilek of Torah, the Shir Sazinu, so what happened? So Rabban explains. He Maisha Kasva. The way it worked is like this. He can't. They're not both holding the pen at the same time. Maisha Kasva. Maisha wrote the song. The Yeshua Oimid Imay Vekarivaroya, and Yeshua was standing. And as Maisha's writing, Yeshua Benun is is reading what Maisha Ben was writing, and uh, that's how they partnered together in bringing down Shira Sazinu. Okay, the Zetam Vyichtav Maisha. That's why it says that the command was Kisvu Lachemes Shira Zayis. But then it goes on to say that Maisha wrote it. He says, Moshe wrote it, but Yeshua Benun was standing and, and reading it as Moshe is writing it. Says even though later on the Pasuk says that that sounds like in the singular that Moshe taught the Jewish people, I was Moshe and Yeshua. The answer is okay. So Moshe, you know, when they're both speaking, so people's attention is more to Moshe Rabbeinu. But both, both Moshe and Yeshua were involved in this Indian. So what we see is in Mardik Echidish is that the, the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously uh, the Mel- Moshe Rabbeinu is a Melech, Vahibashur and Melech, according to Rambam writes this, for Mishayin and Chazal say, that Moshe has the status of a Melech, and certainly his Malchus, you know, he wasn't demoted, Chas Shalom. Moshe Rabbeinu is the Melech until the very end. But at the very end of Moshe's life, Yeshua Benun is also the Melech. Now more than this, this is not the Ramban, that's how the Ramban is touching the Pesukim. Rashi also is clear like this. If you take a look at Maramukim number 7. So the last couple of Pesukim, after Moshe and Yeshua write together, Shira says, you know, so now it's time to tell to the Jewish people. So the Pesuk said in Maramukim number 3, that Moshe said to, uh, to the people around him, gather to me all the elders. So Rashi and Maramukim number 7 is bothered with a question. 
Where do we ever find that Moshe Rabbeinu has to gather people in such a way? There was a way for Moshe. How did Moshe Rabbeinu gather Klai so when he had, whenever to tell him a message? Chatzaitzris. The Pasuk says in Parshas Valoischa, Hashem says to Moshe, make for yourself two trumpets of silver, and whenever you need to gather Klai Yisrael, you, have two, you, you blow these, two kanim, blow the Chatzaitzris, and everyone else to come. All of a sudden now, Moshe Rabbeinu has to say, like, send a text message to everyone. What do you mean? You have Chatzaitzris. What's going on? What's a kilway lie? So it says Rashi like this. Rashi says, that Moshe Rabbeinu had to send this message, word by word, like, you know, get everyone to know that they have to come. It says Rashi, they didn't use Chatzaitzris to gather everyone that day. Why? Because it says in Pasuk, in Parshish Balaischa, when it talks about the Chatzaitzris, it says that, you, that Moshe, you should make the Chatzaitzris. In other words, the Chatzaitzris were used as a function of Maisha Rabbeinu gathering Klai Yisrael when there is a message that Maisha Rabbeinu has to give them. But Yeshua Benun did not have the right to use the Chatzaitzis of Maisha. So says Rashi like this. In other words, the chatz, whenever there's a message from the king, Moshe Rabbeinu, you use the Chatzotus. But over here, this message, as that's Rashi's, Rashi's uh, coming from, this message is not just the message of Moshe, this is a message of Moshe and Yeshua. So it happens to be that the Chatzotus can't be used now to gather people to listen to Moshe and Yeshua. Because the Chatzotzis have a din. They spe- say locha, it has to be with Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, so the, so you know, what's happening is, is that, well, again, Rashi is going in the same, the same, con- the same line of, uh, uh, the same approach as the Ramban, which is that the message over here was not Moshe Rabbeinu's message. This is a message of Moshe and Yeshua. Ar-Kedekach, that if, if Yeshua Benun is not allowed to use these Chatzotzis, then Moshe can't use these Chatzotzis. Because all of a sudden now the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu is... Is it's a shutfist between Moshe and Yeshua. So now you can't, you know, when when Moshe Rabbeinu, when the Malchus of Moshe, when when it's by itself, wants to convey a message, he uses the Chatzaisis. But now that Yeshua Benun is here, you can't use such such a thing. More than that, take a look at Maramok number eight. Again, the, the Pasik says that Moshe Rabbeinu says to the Jewish people, "Come to me, because I know that after my passing, you, things are going to go haywire." So it says Rashi like this: Achri Moshe. Moshe says after his passing. Frek Rashi, very call you me Yeshua because it's not true. The Pasik says first and say for Yeshua that during the entire lifetime of Yeshua Bunun, everyone was Mamish Tzadikim, no one uh, there was no trouble. Shinamar it says in Pasik, Vayavdu Amis Hashem, call you me Yeshua. So what's my Shabinu saying? After my passing, things are gonna go haywire. That's not true. Things will go haywire after Yeshua Bunun's passing, not after Mesh's passing. It says Rashi Mikanla Talmidishwadim Chavov Kugufai. So here you see that the student of a person is Mamish like the Rabbi. And again, and this is this is brought out by nowhere except for over here. That Yeshua ben Nun is considered to be Mamish the same as Moshe Rabbeinu Akadekach. That when Moshe says after my passing, he means after Yeshua ben Nun's passing. It's the same meaning. Calls man she Yeshua Chai. Says Rashi, as long as Yeshua is alive, It's as if Moshe Rabbeinu is alive. <coughs> so, so, so what we're seeing over here is a very clear thing that Al Pidin, Al Pialacha, the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu. At the very end of, 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 of that malchus, absorbed within it and contained within it, a partner malchus, the malchus of Yeshua Benun. Now, this is the question. The Allah is, first of all, the, 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 how, could that, how could that possibly be true? Uh, the Chazal say, Chazal say, you know, Ein malchus achas nagas that two kingdoms can't cross over each other even a hair's breadth. Uh, how, how could you have two kings at the same time? More than that, Al Pi this is Negea to Hilchas Karbanas. 
Sechtarius, the, the, there's this klal, that the definition of a melech is, a, the definition of a melech is that there's no one on top of him. Like, by its very definition, to, to be classified as a king, it means that you're the top of the food chain. If there's someone on top of you, it means you're not a king. So what does it mean exactly that you could have partner kings? A partner king means that there's someone that like, I'm not on top of. That's, that means I'm not a king either. So there being another king takes away from the other king. So what is this? How, how could it be? What's such, such an Indian that, the, that, that these two kings, that Moshe and Yeshua, could be kings at the same time? So the answer is as follows. And this is really what, what I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. And this is just to sort of get back into that, to that mindset. There's a, a very important tire from Lubavitch Rebbe. I saw this, uh, I can't remember exactly where, but uh, one, one uh, a Sikha somewhere from Lubavitch Rebbe. And he said this, he said, I've mentioned this before as well, that Al Pihalacha, there's something very different about the Malchus of Moshe and Yeshua versus the king's that came after them. The definition, after Moshe and Yeshua, the average king, Davra Melech, all the kings of the Jewish people, their malchus, there was two separate functions. There was the king, and then there was like the Sanhedrin, right? The Sanhedrin is the seat of Torah, and Chachmas Hashem, and then there's the king. And they're both holy, both good, they have different roles, different inyan. The, the malchus of Moshe and Yeshua was a malchus of Torah. The definition of what made Moshe a king was the fact that he's Moshe Rabbeinu. What made Yeshua Ben-Nun a king was the fact that he's also Rabbeinu. And so this is the difference, is that David HaMelech is not our king because he was the biggest Tamar Chacham. The fact that he was a Tamar Chacham was not, had nothing to do with him being a king. Happens to be, he was also Rabbeinu. But, it's not, that's not, but, but as far as being a Melech, he was a Melech. But the Malchus of Moshe was a Malchus of Torah. The Malchus of Yeshua Benun was Malchus of Torah. This is why Al-Pi Halacha, we find this, is that we don't find any, in order to be a king, there's certain Halachas. You have to be, you have to have Shemana Mishri, you have to be anointed with the anointing oil to be, to be a Melech. There's no, there's no reference in Chazal that Moshe was ever anointed. And there's no reference in Chazal that Yeshua Benun was ever anointed. In fact, Fakir, the Rambam says openly that Shola Melech was the first king to be anointed with an oil. But yet the Rambam says that Yeshua Benun was a king and Moshe was a king. How they become a king without being anointed? Yes, it's a different Indian. It's because the anointing oil, that's the process of how to be a king, stam as a king. But Moshe became a king through being Rabbeinu. And Yeshua Benun is a king through being Loyomish Mitoich Oil, being the Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu, and being the next Rabbeinu in line. That's where their Malchus came from. Now, once we understand that the Malchus of Moshe and Yeshua is functioning as a Malchus of Torah, so now we could begin to understand how, how Moshe and Yeshua can be literally kings at the same time. Why? In the writings of Rav Tzadik Akain of Lublin, this is what we mentioned a couple weeks ago, is that Torah is comprised of two parts. Generally speaking, Torah is comprised of two parts. Rav Tzadik, this is like, you know, every other page. Torah Shavachsav, Torah Shavachsav, Torah Shavachsav, Torah Shavachsav. Now, Torah Shavachsav and Torah Shavachsav, on the outside, seem to be very, very different. Very, very different experiences, very different types of engaging with Torah. Torah Shebechsav is prophecy. It's coming from above. It's Mamish Nevoah. And it's coming from above, and it's also undefined. It's undefined. So Hashem says, What does that mean? It doesn't mean much, right? Look at the, the Christians and so on that they believe in Tanakh, and it's not, it's, it's not much there, practically. So, Torah Shabbat is Melamal, it's from above, and it's indescript. Then you have Torah Shabbat Peh. Torah Shabbat Peh is Melamata, 
it's earthbound, right? It's coming from from seichel, from human beings figuring stuff out, kavachaymers and drushes and darabonans and asmachtas and uh, all of shas, tarshbal pez is coming from 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 people, big big people, big big brains, but coming from people. It's not doesn't seem to be nevuah, <coughs> and therefore it's more detailed. It's more specific. The Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu, again, both Moshe and Yeshua, their Malchus was an expression of their, of their place in Torah. The Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu is Tarsh B'chsav, that's Moshe Rabbeinu. The Malchus of Yeshua Benun is Tarsh B'alpeh. There's a cloud by Rav Tzaddik that Yeshua Benun represents, this even Sefer Yeshua represents the beginning of that world that's called Tarsh B'alpeh. The Malchus of Yeshua Benun means the Malchus, again, Yeshua Benun's Malchus is an extension of his Torah, and the Torah of Yeshua Benun is, is the Indian of Tarsh B'alpeh. The Gemara says in Nidarim that if it wasn't for our sins, all we would need was Chomishi Chomshe Torah and Sefer Yeshua. That's all we would need, and the rest we'd be able to figure it out on our own. Why do, why, 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 if we're so smart, why do we need Sefer Yeshua? Like what's, we're smart enough to figure out uh, Hilchas Ervin on our own, but we can't figure out Sefer Yeshua on our own. The answer is, it's safe, the Rav Tzadik writes in the beginning of Sefer Lukutim Amor, this you said, is that the Chamishi Chum that means Tarash Sav, and Sefer Yeshua means the essence of Tarash that's what That's what that means. So on the outside, it would seem that these two kingdoms are independent from each other, separate, and they can't coincide. The Chiddush at the end of Moshe's life, what we just saw in Parshas Velech with Ramban and Rashi is a Chiddush, is that not only can these two Malchias coexist, but they're, but, but they, they're, but the same Malchus. Like Rashi said, that Moshe Rabbeinu says that as long as Yeshua is alive, it's Kilu, he's alive. In other words, what, 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 what do we see from this? What we see from this is that Torah Shaval Peh, there's a number of points. First of all, Torah Shaval Peh, is not separate from Torah Shavuot. It's not separate from Torah Shavuot. Take a look at Maramokim. Um, let's go to Maramokim number ten. Okay, let's skip Maramokim number nine. We'll go to Maramokim number ten. And this is from Achshavus Charis by Reb Tzadik in, in page one forty one. So he says like this: This is a this paragraph is a big insight in understanding the relationship between Torah Shavuot and Torah Shavuot. Mishemais Meishar Abenu. Once Meishar Abenu was Nifter, Nignaz Hadas. So Meishar Abenu was Nifter. That's Pretty much the end of not Tarshavich Sav really because Tarshavich Sav continues throughout Tanakh, but uh, in its most pure form, Moshe Rabbeinu is the root of Tarshavich Sav, and he's calling that Das. She was Galus Ruach Hakodesh Kibedardei the Moshe Rabbeinu. Mash Enkin Lacher Moisai Nignaza Hayes Galus. Now this is the aside. Says Ratzadik, on the outside it might seem that Tarshavich Peh is coming from a different place than Tarshavich Sav. Tarshavich Sav is coming from heaven. Tarsh Balpeh is coming from human beings. But says Ratzadik, that's not true. That's just an illusion. The truth is, is that Tarsh Balpeh comes from the same place as Tarsh Bechsav. Tarsh Bechsav is a Devar Hashem coming from, from heaven down to the heart and mind of the Navi. That's exactly what's happening with Tarsh Balpeh. It's just that Tarsh Bechsav, it's his Galus, it's in a revealed way. That's Moshe Rabbeinu's Indian, is that the Devar Hashem should be open and revealed. And in Tarsh Peh, it's hidden and it's mysterious. It's 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 beginizu, like the lesson he says, Vishavaklan Chaim Zeh, that this life, this experience of the Dvar Hashem, which is Tarsh Sav, becomes experienced in the depth of the heart, Vulaibiz Galus and not in a revealed way. In other words, the Indian the, the when, so when you have, let's say, that Pasik, Zakhas Yamashazakach, again, that's the example I've given many times. That's a Pasik. And then so Moshe Rabbeinu, that, that Pasik existed. 
in the highest of places. That mitzias, like we were talking about this morning, atzilus, shemes hakdashim. That that in yezarchus yemeshas was in a high place, and the rabbanu shalom decided, I'm going to bring that reality of zarchus yemeshas kadoshay down into into the world. There are two stages in the process of that reality of zarchus yemeshas kadoshay coming down to the world. Stage one is tarshiv b'chsav, is that it makes its way into the world. In, in such a way where it's still obviously heavenly and it's, uh, and, it's, and it's unspecific. It's halfway there. Then comes the next stage in the Indian of Zohar Yamash coming down to planet Earth, which then, which then is what? That idea, that pasuk, that reality of Zohar Yamash coming all the way down. And what does it mean to come all the way down? And now means that it's, it gives us clarity in like Hilchas Kiddush. And what does it mean to make Kiddush? And that second stage is what the Chachamim of Tarsh Peh are engaged in. So it might seem that what they're doing is taking something which is already set in stone, it's already done, finished, and what the Chachamim are doing is we're using our own Seichel to figure out interesting things that we can, you know, come up with in that Pasuk. That's not true. It's a Dvar Hashem. It's Mamish Vaidabar Hashem Moshe Hashem said to Moshe, and the next stage of that, of that descent is in the hearts and minds of the Chum of Tarsh Peh. So it first comes in the heart and mind of Moshe Rabbeinu, and in that stage it's still very, very heavenly, obviously heavenly and undifferentiated, not specific yet, not details, not details yet. And then the next stage of that same tzivoy, that same mitzvah, that same descent, is that it then descends down Mamish into the hearts and minds of the Chum of Tarsh Peh. And when it gets to the hearts and minds of the Chum of Tarsh Peh, now it's not so obviously heavenly, and it's and it's now it seems to be the 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 production of simply the human heart and mind of the Chacham Tarash Bal Peh, but in truth it's a Dvar Hashem. So Ritzalik says like this: This is Mamish, the secret of creation. That what Chacham of Tarash Bal Peh are really grasping is that they are grasping a Chachma that's descending from above their heads. It's coming into them, just like it came into Maish, it's coming into their hearts. And this is what's hidden in this world. That really the words of Tarash Peh is themselves the words of heaven. But in a way that's more concealed, in a way that's, that's uh, less obvious. Or mamish, not obvious at all. So what Rav Tzadik is telling us is that again, when we think of Tarsh B'chsav and Tarsh Peh, not separate in Yanim, the same Inyan, just taking different, 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 you know, uh, stages of its descent into this world. Stage one is called Tarsh B'chsav. Stage two is called Tarsh Peh, but it's the same Inyan. Therefore, since the Malchus of Moshe and Yeshua, Halpi Halacha, are defined. As the, they're defined as kings because of their position in the in, in Tyra. and we saw from our tzaddik that Moshe means Tarsh Sav and Yishuvanon means Tarsh Peh, and we draw from our tzaddik that Tarsh Sav and Tarsh Peh are not two separate aspects of Torah. It's the same revelation of Torah, just stage one and stage two. That means that the Malchus of Moshe and the Malchus of Yeshua are the same Malchus. It's the same Malchus, and that's what Moshe Benis says. Moisi, that as long as Yishuvanon is alive, it's Kilam alive. It's the same in it. It's the same Indian. So this is, this is what's going on over here. This is what you see at the end. Now, <clears throat> let, let's explain. This is why, the, the, tying back to what we mentioned a couple weeks ago, this was the side of what was going on at that time with the miracle of the, of the war over there, that the bara that Maisha brought down halfway, 
Yishuv Benun brings down all the way. What was the need of Barad? So if you remember, we saw from Rav Tzaddik that Barad, he said, every Makkah, we're not going to go into all the Pratim, but Rav Tzaddik said that the Makkah of Barad represents it represents Tyra. It represents Tyra. That's why it's fire and water together, right? Water is always symbolic of Tyra. Fire is also symbolic of Tyra. And Ratzalik said specifically, Barad represents, <coughs> represents the, 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 not just Tyra, but specifically Tarsh Balpeh. Because Ratzalik said that, that, the, that the fire of the bar represents the fiery, uh, uh, um, you know, courageousness of the Talmud Chacham to be creative and to invent and to come up with his own ideas and to, to be mechadish and to expand Torah. And at the same time, the Talmud Chacham also has to be humble in order to make sure that what he's saying is correct and uh, never to be too aggressive about it. So like the Torah the, the Shbal Peddik, a person, has to have this perfect balance of fiery courage with humility like water. So it says something Barad represented, not represents Torah, fire and water is Torah, but specifically Torah Shbal and this is the great irony, is that Tarsh Balpeh starts with Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is one that brings, what, what eventually results in Hilchas Kiddush, in Tur, in Shulchan Aruch, didn't start from the Chachamim by themselves. It started with Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu was the one bringing that down. It's just that when Moshe Rabbeinu brings it down, it's, in that, it's, it's still in that status of Zachar Siyam HaShah It's not uh, practical yet. And then Yeshua Benun takes the bard of the Moshe Benu, brings it halfway, and brings it all the way down. And when it gets all the way down, it takes the form of Hilchas Kiddush in Turin Shulchan Aruch. But really what eventually results in the Hilchas Kiddush of Turin Shulchan Aruch was what Moshe Rabbeinu was bringing down. So what Moshe Rabbeinu was bringing down was, the same, was really Tarsh Baal Peh. What eventually becomes, materializes, and makes itself more cl- clear and more relatable as Tarsh Baal Peh was exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu was being Mamshech. And so the Barad, like something says, represents the Indian of Torah, and specifically Torah Peh. And that's not the domain of, of, of Yeshua Benon. Yeshua Benon is step two of what started with Maisha Rabbeinu. It's one Hamshach of Maisha starting and Yeshua Benon continuing. Now this is why, it's interesting, we'll, we'll, we'll see about this in a moment, but this is why this war is specifically being motivated by Geirim. It's, it's an interesting thing that when it comes to Torah Peh, there's a very strong Hiskashos, to Geirim. So for example, even Yishuv Benun, Yishuv Benun's wife, who was Yishuv Benun's wife? We saw about this, Rachav. Rachav was the Giyaris. So all of a sudden, the, the person that represents the Malchus of Tarsh Peh is himself, Ishtai Kegufai, his wife is a Giyaris. Who is the, of the Tanoim? Who is the pillar of Tarsh Peh? Rabbi Kiva. Kuli Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva is Ben Geirim. Right? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, who is the Stam Mishnah, is a Libid Rabbi Meir, right? The average Mishnah is the text that Rabbi Yudonasi used to incorporate other Tanayim was Rameir's text. Rameir's also coming from Gerim. Davra Melech, Malacha Kamais Bechomakim, he comes from Gerim, Malacha Kamais Bechomakim, he's Tarsh Peh. So there's a very strong Hiskashras with Tarsh Peh and Gerim. It says in Pasuk, oh, so this expression, Taka told us. Uh, yeah, no, next week. Fine. Okay, we're almost there. Almost there. Next week, we'll, we'll find something about Taldus next week. So Kitzayid Bepiv, right? Says in Pasuk that Yitzchak loved Esav, Kitzayid Bepiv. You know what the Rizal says? What do you mean He cooked delicious food. Yitzchak Avinu. Kitzayid Bepiv means that Yitzchak Avinu sensed an Esav, Neshamus of Tarash Balpeh. And he was right. Rabbi Kiva was, was an Esav. This eventually he becomes a Ger. And Rameir, all the Chum of Tarash Balpeh are rooted in Esav. Kitzayid Bepiv. Tarash Balpeh, there was something delicious about the, the mouth. He, there, was a, there was something in his gosh. There's an Indian of Tarash Balpeh with Ger. Didn't Esav ask, ask Esav? <coughs> 
Right, it's the proti protim chumras and chumras. Torah Shabbat Peh. Oh, exactly. Very, very good. Moshe Ben his wife is also. Moshe Ben is Makar of the Erev Rav. Right? All Geirim. You have this affinity. That's, that's the, that's the power. You know, Ratzalik makes this observation. He says it's an amazing thing because Moshe Rabbeinu is the biggest miyuchas. He has the biggest yichas. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu is the son of, uh, son of uh, Amram and Gaz. Mamish, the, the biggest, the biggest miyuchas in, in Klal Yisrael. And you see this Indian is that he's connected to Geir. More than that, the Allah is that if you raise someone in your home, so it's Kilu Yoldai. So on the one hand, on the one hand, Moshe Rabbeinu's mother was Yochev, uh, it's a big miyuchas, right? the daughter of Levi. But on the other hand, Basi was his mother. Basi could be considered his mother because, uh, because she raised him. And Basi was a Giyaris, so Moshe Rabbeinu is also Ben Geirim. So you see this Indian of, of Tarsh of Bechsav and Tarsh Balpeh being deeply interested in Geirim. So this revelation, let's go back to the story, this revelation that the bara that Moshe begins to bring down is then brought all the way down by Yeshua Benon. In other words, the revelation that the Malchus of Moshe and the Malchus of Yeshua are one Malchus. In other words, the revelation that Tarsh Sav and Tarsh Peh are one and the same. In other words, that when a, when, when a, when a Chacham comes up with Chidush Torah, it's the Devar Hashem Mamish, all of this is being motivated and being brought out by the Jewish people's efforts in helping Geirim. Because that's where tar, that's, that's Tarsh Peh. Now we have to explain a little bit more what exactly did Geirim have to do with this. Like why, we do see this, now that's the puzzle piece though, that Geirim, there's an Indian over there of, of, uh, of, uh, of bringing out the, the Tarsh Peh deeply rooted in the world of Geirim. We have to figure that out more. Uh, but let's go a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper. Until now, we have this picture that Tarsh Bechsav, Tarsh Peh, it's one descent. Stage one is called Tarsh Bechsav. Stage two is called Tarsh Peh. But now, in Sivir Chasidus, we find a principle. The principle is as follows. Whenever something, whenever something, the lower something goes, it's, it, it, the ability for something to go low is indicative of it being rooted in something even higher. So, in other words, when you think of, let's imagine, like, when Torah is descending, right? When it's descending down. So it's descending in stage one, it's Torah Shabbat and then I guess it's stage two, Torah Peh. Which level of descent is, is, is reflective of, of, the, of, of how holy Torah is? Torah is always holy. But when it's in stage one, is it holier in stage one or is it holier in stage two? Is, let's, holy maybe is a, is a wrong way. Is... Does Torah, what stage does Torah express how deep it is? How deep God is? Torah is the Rabbanu Shalom. Torah is Chachmas Hashem. It's the Rabbanu Shalom. I know Nafshik Savas Yahavis. What stage in the descent of Torah do we see more clearly how amazing Torah is and how amazing God is? So you would say stage one. Stage one is Nevuah. It's Tarsh Vachsav. It's Mamash Nisim Galuyim, open miracles. Tarsh Vachsav. But the principle in Chasidis is no, no, no. It's dafka when a light is able to descend to a low place. That's the simon of how you know. That's where you know how deep the light is. Yeah. So, so like for example, the mushal that I've given. He's ahead. The mushal that I've given is let's say you have a flashlight. You have a flashlight into a dark cave. So the flashlight is light, but it's not so intense. So it only gets uh, two feet in, whatever, you know, a few feet in. But if you want to get light all the way to the end of the cave, 
you need a floodlight. We need a mamish, a powerful light. The more powerful the light is, the more it can get all the way down. So if you have Torah Shabal getting all, if Torah is able to make its way all the way down to become Torah Shabal that's the simon of how the, the, the depth of Torah is not revealed in Torah Shabal The depth of Torah is really revealed in its ability to become Torah Shabal How do we see this? What do I mean? So take a look at Marmokin number 11. Marmok number 11, this is from, again, Rav Tzaddik and Sefer Doi Rav Tzaddik, page 148. Rav Tzaddik says like this, he makes the following observation. Tarsh v'chsav, we don't have any machlaikas. There's no such thing as machlaikas. There's no idea of one Navi disagreeing with another Navi. There's no such thing. Uh, you have to figure it out. You have sukkim that are difficult to understand, but there's no machlaikas. There's no, Moshe says this, and another Navi says that. There's no such thing. Tarsh v'al all there is is machlaikas, right? That's, that's uh, you know, that, that, that's all there is. So, so, if Torah Shabbat is heavenly, so I understand. There's one God, so everything in Torah Shabbat is on the same page. There's no Machlokes. And if Torah Shabbat is earthly, I understand there's going to be Machlokes because everyone is different. Everyone thinks differently. But now that I'm telling you, says Ratzadik, right, that even Torah Shabbat is really just Torah Shabbat making its way down, then how in the world can you have this phenomenon of there being Machlokes in and different opinions? If it's, all the, if it's all the wisdom of the one God, how could the wisdom of the one God turn into all different opinions that fit exactly to the mind of Rabbi Kiv and the mind of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shef Feinstein and Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach? And, and, how, how, how does that work? Again, if you say it's man-made, fine, I understand. Rabbi Shef and Rabbi Shlomo Zalman are different people. But if it's right, but if it's coming from the Rabbi Shlomo, how's that possible? So it says something like this, Ki nikra emes. is called emes. There's no machlokes about it. Truth is one. But when it comes to tarish All of a sudden, yes, it's tame. No, it's tar. All different Like the Gemara says in Chagiga, there's no like one simple halacha. The truth is, it's interesting. The way the Rebbeinu Shalom feared the dealt is that as tarish moves on, it always has this process of of being in a state of disagreement of this sheet to that sheet to this sheet to that sheet and then someone comes and unifies it and makes it more this is the halacha it's like a shulchan aruch right so you have a rishonim a million opinions shulchan aruch this is it and then you have a million opinions of the mafarshim on the shulchan aruch and then you get the you know the or the mishnah and then you have uh, the dirshu right a million sheets like that and at some point there'll be a you know, a kitzer of the, it's always the way it goes. It's and and part of this is 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 reflective of the fact that Torah Shabbat is coming from Torah Shabbat. And since Torah Shabbat is one, then even in the duality in the multiplicity of Torah Shabbat, it still has to have uh, an achdus to it, and the achdus emerges eventually. But that's the that's how it goes. But but in Torah Shabbat, that's how we function. But Lamaisa, we still say that every opinion is, is correct. <laughs> so we have, we have to paskin, you have to paskin, but, but in terms of the truth, it's halal uh, there's all different opinions, and Eilu ve'elu. Tzintzim ispashtas, exactly. So how does this work? So something is making this point. So how does it work that you have the Dvar Hashem, how could the Dvar Hashem be so different? How, how could you... So it says what's like, like this. I don't know if I'll be able to explain, but he says like this. Let me say outside. See, the great secret, here, let's put it this way. What I mentioned on Shabbos and what I mentioned before Shachar's with the Kut Maran is that the, 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 the real depth of Torah 
the real depth of Torah is realizing this point. That even this world is made of Torah. You see, this world is made of many, many pieces. Many, many people, different opinions, different experiences, all different, different stuff. And then Shemayim, Shemayim, that's Echad, that's one. That's Hashem Elkin Hashem Echad. But the greatest secret is to realize that even this world is made of Tyre. Even this world is made of Elokos. And so, even though we can't necessarily understand it or explain it, but the great, the great depth of Tyre is fully expressed in the fact that it fits so well into the multiplicity and the duality of this world, and it still is Echad. It still is Echad. In other words, the, 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 there's one way of... In, in the, in the, in, let's put it this way. In the first stage of the descent of Tar and Tar Shavichsav, then the way, the way reality is experienced is there's this world, which is crazy, and then there's the world of the Rabbanish Lailam. And that world of Rabbanish Lailam is somehow, slowly but truly, making its way into our world. And so our world is still full of Machlaikas, and Hashem is the world of Echad, and that world is making its way in. So in the, in the first stage of Tar Shavichsav, there's still this world. And they're still the higher world. And they're just like somehow meeting each other in Tarshavich Sav. So the world of Machlaikis is meeting for the first time a world of Achtos. But the next stage of Tarshavich Peh is a revelation that what? That even this world of Machlaikis was made of Tyra. It's not the Pshat that, you know, the Oymik the, the of this, the second stage of Tarshavich Peh is the, the depth of it is not the pshat that Tarshavich Sav is like descending further. The next stage, Ba'imik, is the realization that everything of this world was already made from Tyre. And even the Machlegesen of this world, and the different, this person has a Seicha like this, Rabbi Kiva thinks this way, and Rabbi Shmuel thinks that way. That's not something different from this light that's descending from above. You're, you're, you, the, you, Rabbi Kiva is made of Tyre. And Rabbi Shmuel is made of Tyre. And therefore, because of that, the Machlegesen that exists... Uh, Again, I'm not explaining how, the, like, how could a one God think all these different things. That's not the point right now. But the point is, is that the nature of this world is, a, is, is the nature of this world is, is machlokes. That's the nature of this world, and the fact that machlokes is part of Tyra and the quality and the the, the, the personality of Tarshbal Peh is one of machlokes means that the that the the depth of Tarshbal Peh is not that Tyra is coming into the world. The depth of Tarshbal Peh is a realization that this world is made of Tyra. That this world, the kalim of this world is made of light. That the Rabbana Shalom is not a creator that somehow has to be met by the world. This world is, it, 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 the, the vessels of this world, the, the, the duality, the machlag, is everything that makes this world plain and this world earthly is itself divine. That's the oimik of Tarash Balpeh. Not that a light that's descending down, but a revelation that everything already that's here is already divine. And therefore, it doesn't have to change its personality to become divine. See, in Tarash Peh, you, the, the, we, have to, we have to shift from thinking earthly, which is full of disagreement, to shift to think heavenly, which is one. But comes Tarash Peh, and Tarash Peh says, what do you mean earth? There's no difference between earth and heaven. Earth itself is made of heaven. Physicality is made of Isis Atayr. It's all made of letters. It's all made of Elikos. Therefore, you don't have to change the nature of earthliness and the nature of humanity, which is full of disagreement and different ways of thinking and different perspectives. You don't have to change that to become connected to Tyra. That is Tyra. And so the, the, this is the great depth of, 
of truth that's being revealed dafka with the second stage of Tarsh Peh. Tarsh Peh isn't just taking light of Torah and bringing it further down. It's revealing that everything already was Torah. And as it goes down, it's like change, everything becomes, everything is being reoriented to become Torah itself. Therefore, to a certain degree, Tarsh Peh is so much deeper than Tarsh because whereas Tarshavich Sav, there's still heaven and there's still earth and there's a separation between the two and just we have to get on the pa- we have to get on the right page we have to you know thinking we have to think more Shemaimdik. but comes Tarshbal Peh and Tarshbal Peh says no 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 that pasuk of Zachar Siyam Meshavas Lekatshay that when in, the, in stage one that was a pasuk that sort of descended from heaven and came into our world and we have to sort of begin to think Zohar Siyam The second stage is that Zohar Siyam the second stage of that Pasuk is that this world is made of Zohar Siyam It's That's what, that's what we're made from. And the Seichel, the intellect, and the heart and mind of Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shafaisim, Shama Zaman Orbach and, and all the Paiskim B'zmanenu and so on, their, their Seichel and their heart, their intellect is made of these Pesukim. So that's why, that's why Tarsh Peh is, is, is a hidden prophecy. Why is it hidden? It's not hidden because there's so much concealment. It's hidden because that, because every, because the human side of who these tzaddikim are, that is the Dvar Hashem. It's not hiding the Dvar Hashem. It, you're seeing it. It's, 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 uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's right in front of your nose. That's, that's Mamash what it is. And so this is the oymik of Tarsh Peh, where it's a revelation that the, that the, the earthliness and the nature of earthliness, which is the division, right, the base of Bracious. Right, the world is created with the letter Beis. Tarsh v'chsav, Tarsh v'chsav, meaning Chumash of Moshe Rabbeinu starts with an Alf. Anoich Hashem alakecha. So Tarsh v'chsav means this world is Beis, and there's an Alf that comes in. So you got to get on the board. You got to get on the same page as the Alf. But Tarsh Balpes says no, no. The Beis is 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 holy. The Beis is a part of Tyre, and so that's what Tarsh Balpes says. Therefore, let's go back. Therefore, the, 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 let's go back to the story of Navi over here. Why is it Dafka Gerim that bring out Tarsh Balpes? Is because Gerim, as a, if you think again, very much pekitz. It's already late, but in terms of our relationship with Gerim, so Gerim are mamish from this world, right? They're they're born from the Umas Oilam. Klai Yisrael is there's a Nishmas Yisrael. Klai Yisrael that's Kadmul Oilam. Brejus is Yisrael. Yisrael Shnikar Brejus. The Rabbanon Shalom was Mamlech Benishmas. Same Yisrael Yisrael. Klai Yisrael is already. We don't fit in this world. This world is this world is a, is inhabitants for seventy nations, and Klai Yisrael sort of doesn't fit in this place. That's why we have a hard time, and the nations have a hard time with us. We don't really fit here. What's a ger? A ger is someone that comes from the world, and yet at the same time, ger shnis gaya. The ger becomes a yid. What is that? That itself is the secret of Tarshbalpa, because what a ger means is that something of this world that was this world was revealed to be something otherworldly, without having to change itself. This is why the language of Chazal, I mentioned this by the Kish, the Samachavra, the language of Chazal is, Gerish and A convert that converts. Make converts that converts. A Gerish and The Gemara talks about when the child becomes bar mitzvah. Cotton, shehigdil. Eved, shenishtachra. An Eved that becomes free. Shivcha, shenishtachra. So it should be Akum, shenizgayr. Gerish and What's Gerish and the answer is, is because once the gerus happens, it's nizgala, it becomes revealed, but that's always a ger. Because that's the secret of Tarsh Peh. Tarsh Peh doesn't come to say that Torah can fit in this world. Tarsh Peh says, this world is Torah. It always was Torah. You just didn't know it. You thought it was a base. You thought it was a base that was disconnected from the Rabbani Shalom. No, no, no. 
it's a base, it's a base, but this base is mamish made of light. It's made of, it's made of uh, two olives. That's what it's made of, you know? That's what it's made of. That's the secret of Tarsh Pad. This is why, again, let's go back to the story in, in Sefer Malachim and Sefer Yeshua, and we'll tie all the loose ends right now. Why is it, why, so in other words, what, we, what we're seeing is that this Misa of Yeshua Benun bringing down the bar that Misha begins to bring down, all the way down to, 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 to the ground, this is a, this is a, a Muhammad which is bringing out the truth, which is that Torah Shabbat Sav and Torah Shabbat Peh are one revelation that starts with Torah Shabbat Sav, ends with Torah Shabbat Peh. But the oimek is, is that Torah Shabbat Peh is not just stage two. Torah Shabbat Peh is a realization that everything of this world was already made of Torah. And you don't have to fit heaven into earth. Earth is heaven. Earth is heaven. Therefore, the gil, therefore the, 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 the barad of Yeshua Benon, what is it, what is it called? Avanim. It's called Avanim. Why is it called Avanim? You know what an Evan means? An Evan means thing, uh, something that this world is made of, right? There's a big rock. We're sitting on a big rock, right? Evan means this world. The fact that Barad, the Barad of Yeshua Benun is called Avonim means this Nakuda. It means this Nakuda, that the Tarish of Alpeh that Yeshua is bringing down that started with Moshe Rabbeinu's Tarish of Echsav is not something that's coming in contact with the world. It is the world. It, it, it's called Avonim. That's what this world is made of, is Avonim. And Tarsh Peh is called Avonim. That's what this world is made of. This is why Davka, that miracle of, uh, of Yeshua Benun bringing the bard all the way down, in, and it's called Avonim, is considered to be one and the same with the miracle of, Maisha, of Yeshua Benun sending up and saying to the sun and the moon to stop. How can, Maisha, how can Yeshua Benun tell the sun and the moon to stop? The sun and the moon, that's Teva, that's this world. The answer is, the, the fact that Yeshua Benun could control it, you could control you see, you could control this world for one of two reasons. Either you could control it because you're coming from Shemayim, and so your Ruchnius trumps Gashmias. And that's how Moshe Rabbeinu stopped the sun and the moon. If you remember, Chazal said that Moshe also had such a thing that he stopped the sun and the moon. But Yeshua Benun stops the sun and the moon in a different way. Yeshua Benun stops the sun and the moon not because he's Ruchnius and Ruchnius trumps Gashmias. He stops the sun and the moon because the sun and the moon is made of Ruchnius. It's made of Tarsh it's not something else that's forcing the sun and the moon to stop. That's what the sun and the moon is made of. This is why the Gemara says that the miracle of the sun and the moon and the miracle of the Barad coming all the way down, it's one Indian. It's one Indian. Because the ultimate miracle of that Muhammad, which was, which was motivated by protecting Gerim, is this revelation that the Kalim of this world, the bays of Bracious, the duality of this world, is made of art. It's made of Elokos, it's made of Tyra. That when, Moshis, when Yeshua Benun says, the Shemesh and the Yerech should stop, of course it's going to stop. It's a, uh, that's, what the, that's what it's made of. It's made of Psukim. It's made of Tarash it's, it's made of these Inyanim. It's called Avonim. And that's, what the, that's the Malchus of Yeshua Benun. That's the, that's the side of what's going on over here. And that's Tavka. And by the way, that, okay, it's an Arichus over here, but this is why th- these five kings that gathered together, the head, the one that's, that started this whole. Um, you know, uh, gathering, uh, you know, alliance to fight against Givayin and, and of Klai Yisrael was Yushalayim. Was Yushalayim. It's not a coincidence. It's not, this is when, this, and this is how we conquered Yushalayim. It's by this Mulchamah. It's because, what's Yushalayim? Yushalayim is, is connected by Sokhan on Shabbos. Yushalayim is, 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 is connected with Akedah Yitzchak. Right? It's Akedah Yitzchak. Yushalayim is called, the name Yushalayim was given to it by Avram Avinu also with, with shame, at the result of Akedah Yitzchak. Yushalayim is a place, not just where heaven and earth touch. Yushalayim is a place, Bahara Hashem that the godliness is experienced through the physical mountain itself. Bahara Hashem 
That's what Yushalayim means. Yushalayim is not the pshat that it's a place that's the most sensitive to Ruchnius. Yushalayim is a place where there is no difference in Ruchnius and Gashmius. The Kimitzian Sanhedrin, which is the seat of Tarsh Peh, was in the base of Migdash in Yushalayim. And that's and, and Dafka Yushalayim was given the name by Akedis Yitzchak. What's Akedis Yitzchak? Where the physical body of Yitzchak Avinu becomes uh, something otherworldly. Mamish something otherworldly. He's, uh, becomes, that, that's what Akedis Yitzchak was. Mamish Akarban. Mamish Akarban. The physicality of Yitzchak becomes that. No, that's why Dafka Yushalayim is conquered Dafka with this Muhammad. That's what Yushalayim means. That's the level of Dvekis that we have with the Rabbanish It's not the Peshat that. We come in contact with him with Tyra. That's all there is. All there, the very Metzius of life itself is nothing but Elokos, nothing but Isis, nothing but Tyra itself. And we should be zaycha to uh, return to Yushlaim Yarkaidish in this way and experience the way life the way it's supposed to be with Mamash Nisim Gulim and Estar Mol at the same time. Be as called Sadek Mirvi Amen.